Section four of the Underground Railroad, Part four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dorr. The Underground Railroad, Part four. By William Still. Section four. Arrival from Virginia, 1858. Peter Nelson. Resembled an Irishman. The coming of this strange-looking individual caused much surprise, representing, as he did, if not a full-blooded Irishman, a man of Irish descent. He was sufficiently fair to pass for white anywhere with his hat on. With it off, his hair would have betrayed him. It was light, but quite woolly. Nor was he likely to be called handsome. He was interesting, nevertheless. It was evident that the white man's party had damaged him seriously. He represented that he had been in the bonds of one James Ford of Stafford County, Virginia, and that this Ford was a right tough old fellow who owned about two dozen head. "'How does he treat them?' he was asked. "'He don't treat them well, no way,' replied the passenger. "'Why did you leave?' was the next question. "'Because of his fighting, knocking, and carrying on so,' was the prompt answer. The committee fully interviewed him, and perceived that he had really worn the fetters of slavery— and that he was justified in breaking his bonds and fleeing for refuge to Canada. He was entitled to aid and sympathy. Peter was about twenty-four years of age. He left nine brothers and sisters in bondage. Arrival from Washington, 1858. Mary Jones and Susan Bell. These weaker vessels came from the seat of government. Mary confessed that she had been held to service as the property of Mrs. Henry Harding, who resided at Rockville, some miles out of Washington. Both Mr. and Mrs. Harding she considered bad enough, but added, if it had not been for the young set, I could get along with them. They can't be pleased. Yet Mary had not fared half so hard under the Hardings as many slaves had under their claimants. Intellectually, she was quite above the average. She was tall, and her appearance was such as to awaken sympathy. Through the permission of her claimant, she had been in the habit of hiring her time for three dollars per month and find herself. She was also allowed to live in Washington. Such privileges, with wages at so low a rate, were thought to be extra, and could only be obtained in exceptional cases. In nine years, said Mary, I have not even as much as received an apron from them, her owners. The meanness of the system under which she had been required to live hourly appeared clearer and clearer to her, as she was brought into contact with sympathizing spirits such as she had never known before. Susan, who was in Mary's charge, was an invalid child of four years of age, who never walked, and whose mother had escaped to Canada about three years before, under circumstances which obliged her to leave this child, then only a year old. Susan had been a great sufferer, and so had her mother, who had been a long time anxiously looking and praying for her coming, as she had left her in charge of friends who were to take care of her until the way might open for her safe delivery to her mother. Many letters fitted to awaken very deep feelings came from the mother about this child, it was a satisfaction to the committee to feel that they could be the medium in aiding in the reunion of mother and child. Arrival from Virginia, 1858. William Carpenter. Escaped from the father of the fugitive slave law, Senator Mason. It was highly pleasing to have a visit from a chattel belonging to the leading advocate of the infamous fugitive slave bill. He was hurriedly interviewed for the sake of reliable information. That William possessed a fair knowledge of slave life under the senator there was no room to doubt, although incidents of extreme cruelty might not have been so common on Mason's place as on some others. 
while the verbal interchange of views was quite full. The hour for the starting of the underground railroad train arrived too soon to admit of a full report for the record book. From the original record, however, the following statement is taken as made by William, and believed to be strictly true. We give it as it stands on the old underground railroad book. I belong to Senator Mason. The senator was down on colored people. He owned about eighty head, was very rich and a big man, rich enough to lose all of them. He kept terrible overseers. They would beat you with a stick the same as a dog. The overseers were poor white trash. He would give them about sixty dollars a year. The fugitive slave law and its father are both numbered with the lost cause and the year of jubilee is come. End of section four.